Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. doing Daniel Ruiz Tyson is available for Monday the 14th of March 2022 with me Daniel Ruiz Tyson episode 377 hope you're all healthy and doing what you need to be doing to keep yourself going the uh, the post 376 hiccups show recovery was supposed to start here but that's on hold nine hours by the way those hiccups my chest was so sore last Sunday thankfully I woke up on uh, Monday morning and the hiccups were gone, but they were so bad, so pronounced, so irksome that I actually did some online searching, trying to find any trick I could find to try and stop the hiccups. My usual one of holding my breath just wasn't working. But uh, I'm not sure the post-hiccups recovery starts in earnest today because I am very unwell. So my day's completely uh, messed up. I'll have to head out and get some medicine. But beyond that, I I doubt I'll be able to go for a run later. I, I thought I would. I, I think I'd still be able to manage it, but I'm not sure it would be the right thing to do. And the cafe is certainly out, which is a huge uh, bummer to the start of my week because uh, I had uh, was entitled to a free coffee and I was just going to do a long writing session this afternoon. But that's uh, gone. Housing issues uh, always plaguing me. And already had an email from uh, the housing, uh, the building management people. They're just, they're, they're useless. I can't tell you how bad they are. They make Lambeth Council look professional. And I, I told them that on Friday. And I'm just not getting out of here soon. I don't think Vladimir Putin is helping my situation with, you know, the amount of proposed Ukrainians coming here. I, I, I think I'm going to be... Uh, forgotten about but look at least for the moment I'm not being uh, bombed the roof is perhaps caving in but it's not because of bombs it's more because of uh, leaks and I'm just gonna try not to get stressed out by the housing people I, I timed my email right I didn't want to deal with them on Friday you know basically they didn't show up last Thursday when they were meant to and I, I prepared the flat for them I'd uh, you know laid down uh, blankets I can't even remember the word can't even remember what these are called. That shows you how infrequently I go to DIY shops. If it comes back to me later in the show, I'll use the uh, the, the correct term. But anyway, the floors were covered. Well, the wooden floors weren't covered. I figured I'd just wash them. And uh, one guy turned up, but the actual roofer didn't turn up. So the guy that did turn up from the housing management company, he said uh, there was no point in him coming in to look at it because he needed this guy to come along. Then he's, he buzzed me again on the door said he didn't need to come in, but just to let me know that uh, the scaffolder had told him that he had done a recce there at nine in the morning, though he didn't believe him. And uh, so basically it was a no-show. Then I, you know, sent an RC email as I was entitled to because, you know, I've been dealing with these guys for years and it's still the same problem that doesn't get fixed. And, you know, finally heard back from the big boss who had talked so big here three years ago that uh, she would get this all sorted out. None of the uh, bosses up until that point 
who have been involved in the history of this ongoing issue, they've all remained very quiet. And I called them out in that email, so she responded very quickly. One of the guys who's completely inept, probably the worst guy ever, he's the guy I told to stop asking me if I was well because I'm not well. And one of the reasons I'm not well is because of living here and having to deal with these clowns. And uh, he said it would be easy if they just had my number. They already had my number anyway, but I also said whatever we talk about on the phone, I'm going to be, you know, documenting electronically because this is where we're going now. You know, you guys are just making so many mistakes. Your predecessors made the mistakes, you're making the mistakes, and no doubt that uh, your successors will still fail to resolve this. It's just really difficult. So dealing with this all last week, dealing with it this week, I've told them last week that it wouldn't be this week when I would make myself available again. It will have to be next week, but I'm not going to get as much done as I need to this week because I think it's going to take me a few days to to recover my health. Uh, I suspect I'm going to have to rest a lot. And uh, this stress, this level of stress, it always leads up to a buildup of plastic carrier bags in the flat. And uh, I've noticed that the buildup of plastic carrier bags has spiked. There are loads here, and it hasn't been like that for a long time. Still, I guess, better that they're in the flat rather than floating around in the ocean, wrapping themselves around some uh, poor turtle. I had to cancel a gig last night in North London. Don't have much luck with N8 as a postcode. They cancelled one gig last week, but they hadn't told me. I had to join a WhatsApp group. So I'm kept informed. I'm doing a 10-minute spot at this particular venue, I think now on the 29th. And I do have quite a few gigs the next two weeks. Just uh, check DanielRuizTyson.com forward slash gigs or the Facebook page, uh, Facebook.com forward slash DRT comedy. That's for the comedy gigs. But do check those pages because I think at the moment some of those gigs, certainly the ones coming up, might change. Uh, I've got a Big night tomorrow in King's Cross, uh, a well-known night there. I'm not sure I'm going to be able to see that one through, which, again, is a, is a bummer, and I'd organised a bringer for that. So that's setting me back. You know, I've done nine gigs in three and a half weeks, and it does it does take a toll physically, but I was finding my confidence on stage, and this is a, this is a setback to not be able to, to get out there. But at the moment, uh, at the moment even... My priority is just going to be trying to get to the shops today and just buy some stuff so I can try and feel a bit better. Last week's uh, gigs, I did Jollies at the George on Monday night in uh, Shadwell in East London. took me forever to get there, and I was absolutely shocked at the state of the pub. I hadn't seen a pub like that maybe in about 30 years. I turned up. I'd had to go back on myself. I got off at the right bus stop, but I'd gone off in the wrong direction, and there wasn't much around there, and it was clearly a very rough area. Eventually, I realized I was going the wrong way, so I walked back up the way I'd came, and I, it was only actually 10 meters away from the bus stop I'd got off at. I'd just completely missed it. There were boarded up windows, so I actually thought the venue was shut, and then I tentatively... That might have been an extra t- I tentatively pushed the door and saw I don't know I don't know how to describe this I thought these pubs didn't exist anymore and it was just so rough in there and the MC I think mentioned that there'd been a pub on that site for a thousand years some sort of drink you know watering hole for a thousand years and it smelt like that and it wasn't just uh sweat it was the smell of urine you know on the seats and 
there were a few hecklers. There was one guy turned up, thankfully, after I'd got on, who sounded like Liam Gallagher. He was really down on his luck. I had not seen shoes like that in years. I mean, not not just in terms of how unfashionable the shoes were, but how broken up they were. And he sat down, and obviously you're thinking also about COVID at this stage, you know, how, how safe is this pub, given some of the characters that are in there. And he kept interrupting uh, one of the acts, I think the first act after the break, who said to him, look, you know, just, just send me an email after the show. Let me do my set. It didn't really work. There were two hecklers who were absolutely smashed and just kept talking over the set. And I, I have a couple of videos now, although, you know, it took me a while to accept that I wasn't going to be able to, that that 10 minute video that I mentioned last week, that that had been lost forever. But it was important to record some of these performances just so I can get on some other shows. This particular night, I did okay. The Thursday uh, gig was so much better, and I'm really happy with the video I, I got for that. And that's, you know, that's opening a few doors for me. But these uh, these two hecklers, I had to address them during my show, my my set rather. I didn't address, I didn't deal with it brilliantly, but uh, I felt I had to uh, acknowledge it. And one of the hecklers, as I came off, actually, you know, raised his, uh, I think, what might have been his tenth pint, raised his glass to me because he felt I'd, I'd done well. The guy after me, uh, I'm not very keen on variety nights. Uh, this was meant to be a stand-up night. There was a couple of acts on there, character acts and, uh, you know, a couple of musicians, and I certainly don't like uh, doing those nights that uh, uh, mention, you know, in- incorporate music. Uh, but this guy turned up, I think he had a mandolin, and he was so funny. He looked like an aging Frank Lampard. He had that kind of mouth, very uh, sort of grey in beard, of which I am a member these days. But he did brilliantly. The hecklers, the way he dealt with them and the way he incorporated them into his act, it was the funniest thing I've seen since I've returned to stand-up, I have to say. It made the night because there's no way I'm ever returning to that pub towards the end of the night. And again, it was one of those things they had far too many acts on. I think there were about uh, 16 acts on, maybe 20. And near enough, all these uh, comedians left after they did their sets which I think is really poor form and not many would have been traveling further than I traveled that night it took me again four hours a round trip on the buses to save money because I'm not making any money and I stayed to the end I just think you need to I wouldn't say I learned much from uh, watching these acts last week because it was quite a difficult venue but uh, you gotta you know you're there you should support the acts towards the end i I. Because so many acts had disappeared and it was largely acts there rather than audience members, I was able to take a seat uh, that that stunk of urine. It was actually a sofa that stunk of urine. And I sat there and to my right I had the two hecklers, but some distance away. But there were three tables joined up. The little heckler who had this medieval bard-esque haircut, you know, like a bob, really weird bob, and looked a lot older than me, but probably considerably younger than me. Him and his friend, his friend who'd actually belched during uh, a set, which I found very funny. It was it was the mandolin guy set. But he wanted to order another pint or go to the loo or go out for a cigarette. And there was no way out via my side without me moving. He decided not to ask me to move. He just started pushing two tables out of the way towards me so he could get out that way and knocked over a couple of pints of their beers, and he was just hammered. I, I didn't know people still got as hammered as that. 
And uh, yes, I won't be going there in a hurry. Uh, the gig towards the end of the week in Clapham, that was a really uh, good gig. Uh, a bit disappointed that they've not shared any of the promos apart from the uh, the big names because I could have done with a decent promo picture for my social media. But uh, I wanted to get on that night for a while. I held my own. I think I more than held my own. Again, a couple of... Uh, musical acts which uh you know i just don't think belong on a stand-up night I, I think that's very sort of radio for middle class comedy it does nothing for me i'm not someone that laughs easily at stuff anyway but you know when i'm watching stand-ups i'm trying to analyze their their stage performance their stage personality the writing behind it i think at the moment my writing is carrying me through and on the jollies at the george gig some guy came up to me to to congratulate me on my set he gave me some really valid pointers again you know lack of eye contact with the audience uh, moving around too much on stage but obviously these are things I carry with me onto the stage this is who I am I am a shy guy I am introverted I'm far better these days I'm, I'm you know I'm a lot better with people because I know I have to be and it's that experience you know, partly come uh, has come around because of, uh, you know, whenever I was with the man, I was always the new guy. So I learned to deal with it. That built up my confidence. But clearly, I know that I need to try and, you know, stamp down a position on stage and hold it and have faith in, in the work and slow it down. And I was able to do a lot of that by, by Thursday night. But again, it's uh, something I need to work on. But in terms of the writing of my set is carrying me through, you know, I'm not uh, this time, as I said, when I went into stand up a few weeks ago, the the difference this time was going to be, I was going to try and remember the thought rather than remember the the set word for word. And at the moment, that approach is really working. Uh, I've been offered a few 10 minute spots now. And, um, you know, I've got to not done much rehearsing this last week, did some on Saturday, went well Thursday night actually I was so tired that I was rehearsing you know my OCDs mean that I have to rehearse five times before I do my gig and this is in the flat and I kept missing certain lines and I thought this doesn't bode well but uh, you know I I did it really well once I was at uh, at the gig Um, but yeah plenty uh, to work on so it's a a disappointment that I had to skip yesterday's gig uh, and looking very unlikely that I'll be able to do tomorrow uh, tomorrow's one hopefully I'll be uh, up and running by Thursday but it is quite an intense period of uh, gigging coming up it is so expensive again and obviously the Clapham gig that was really uh, expensive Clapham prices uh, on the drink and you know no surprises there uh, glad too that I got to have my little dig at Clapham at the uh, start of the show. Interesting that uh, you know when I started doing "Please Don't Hug Me" in uh, 2010 with my co-host, that was when I really started using Tyson as a name. I'd used it for my writing, but in terms of, I mean, it, you know, the, that podcast was probably the first time I was actually doing any kind of performance, so I started using it then, and I really anglicised the name. It's interesting that what's happening. Now, the, the MCs that are getting my name right, they're going with Daniel Ruiz Tizon. And I suppose that's actually right. That's closer to what the name is than what I've done over the last 10, 12 years because I've gone for Daniel Ruiz Tizen. So I've got Ruiz, but then the next I, I've got Tizen. So it doesn't really, that doesn't make any sense. That's been inconsistent on my part. So it's, it's been nice to have my name taken a bit closer to its... Uh, original Liberian pronunciation you might be able to hear my breathing there I'm a bit wheezy today so anyway uh, yeah keep an eye on uh, the gigs page because that might be changing not that anyone is coming to see the gigs but uh, 
you know, just sort of tell you what I'm what I'm doing. And even though a lot of the gigs involve me going on my own, which I don't mind. As you know, if they're not bringers, it's a lot easier. You don't have to worry about uh, finding someone and and you know, affording the night. You just have to worry about yourself and getting your performance right. And I have to say, some of those nights and the bus journeys and all that, I, I've enjoyed them. I've enjoyed not being in the flat. I've enjoyed the the challenge and you know coming through those uh, challenges and. It's it, it's tough. It's a challenge, but I'm really starting to believe that I that I can do this. I'm I'm doing things that I wasn't able to do ten nine years ago on the uh, on stage. The, there's a confidence there. I, again, I think I said it last week. I don't know how much of that is down to the pills. I don't know how much of that is. I've got to take this call from my aunt. I don't know how much of that is just down to the fact that uh, I'm at a point in my life and I'm 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 just thinking there's nothing left to lose. Let me pause this and we're back. So uh, I'm not even sure what was going on with that call. She calls me and uh, then puts me on hold so she can shout at my uncle. Right, oh, there's a bit of a wheeze. Okay, on the books front, reading The Cunning House by Richard Margraf Turley. I think I've said that right, or is it Margraf Turley? Good to see it's not hyphenated, whatever it is. I'm always actually telling promoters because that you know they're, they're getting my name wrong. Don't hyphenate my name. We don't do that double-barreled up a middle-class British nonsense. No double-barreling. Taken me a hundred pages to get into this uh, book, set in um, the early nineteenth century. Glad I stuck at it though. It's a very difficult writing style, so that's why I was having problems with it. I think it might be down to the early 19th century language. The blurb for the book, London 1810 in Vere Street, is a house where men assemble to indulge passions for which the age will hang them. A raid on this notorious tavern sees the city gripped with a hatred of mollies, coupled with suspicion of their political sympathies. A few miles away in St. James's Palace, the Duke of Cumberland's valet, is it valet or valet? Valet suffers a violent death, which the authorities are anxious to see only as a suicide. Caught between these two historical events, the fictional lawyer Wire is reluctantly drawn into a network of dark alliances that appear to link the raid on the White Swan Tavern, the death at the palace and the war against France, leading to a shocking revelation. The novel explores labyrinthine city, a labyrinthine city of asylums, brothels and secret spaces in which poets rub shoulders with pimps and where the only constant is illicit desire. Uh, interesting book, and it, it's taught me something that I didn't know, the distinction between sodomy and buggery, at least uh, in the early 19th century. Sodomy was, um, you know, anal uh, intercourse between men, but buggery was bestiality, so there was that uh, distinction. And I suspect that you, like me, will be better off for knowing that. Dust sheets. That's what they were called. Dust sheets. How did I forget that? Got there in the end. You're listening to Daniel Ruiz Tyson is available. Episode 377, the post hiccups recovery. Follow the show on Twitter and Instagram at 1607westegg, facebook.com forward slash DRT available. DanielRuizTyson.com for all my work. There is the Patreon page that keeps the show alive. Patreon.com forward slash DRT available. As always, appreciate those of you who continue to support the podcast. You can also support the work via the PayPal and Coffee.com links on the website, DanielRuizTyson.com. And uh, if you can, do please rate and review the podcast on whatever platform 
you uh, listen to. And, you know, I keep meaning to do the odd Patreon bonus episode uh, at the moment. That's uh, just not been possible with all the crap I got uh, going on. And I tell myself, well, it's not uh, a priority and I work hard enough as it is. Just be aware. And I don't know if I said this last week, but if you're someone that's uh, donated via PayPal or coffee.com rather than supported the show via Patreon, that when those bonus episodes come out, I will be sending you links to those shows as a thank you for your one-off donations. But you can only receive them via WeTransfer, so you might need to check your spam folder. That's the only way for me to get those MP3s to you. There are downloadable links that are valid for seven days and then they expire, so just be aware of that because I know there's uh, uh, not many of you but there are a few of you uh, who have kindly supported the show by that alternative means and uh, you know I I do keep you in mind whenever there is uh, bonus content some shout outs this week Gordon uh, thank you for your review that is uh, appreciated Uh, Bundesliga expert Baxi was in touch uh, via email the glorious shambles last week keep up uh, the good work not sure it was glorious uh, Baxi but I tell you Something about Baxi's email, he has uh, a monkey avatar on his email, and monkey being monkey the show the that was shown on BBC2 in from 1980 onwards, I think, or 79 onwards. Our generation will have fond memories of that uh, Japanese show, though I never really understood it. Uh, monkey, horse, uh, uh, pigsy. And I saw Baxi's email, and I'm always taken by that avatar. And uh, I just started reading a bit about Monkey Online, trying to find out what had happened to the actors. And there was a monk in that show, and I never knew whether it was a girl or a boy. It was very unclear, and it was a very young actor, very, very uh, attractive and distinctive shaven scalp, very severe scalp. And I looked into the cast, and this uh, this monk it, you know, was a girl, Masako Natsume, I think she was about uh, she was maybe about twenty when she did the show around there or thereabouts, uh, and an absolute stunner, big in Japan. But and this is the thing: often when you watch something that's old and you revisit it, and you, you're always curious about whether they're still around. She actually died at the age of twenty-seven in uh, September nineteen eighty-five from leukemia. Absolutely tragic, stunning-looking girl, and. Uh, I do remember her performance vividly from uh, from Monkey. I just uh, remember that uh, show on Friday nights. I think Channel 4, I think there were two series, if I remember rightly, and the BBC didn't completely dub the second series. I don't think it showed all the episodes, and I think it was at Channel 4, maybe about uh, coming up to 20 years ago, they redubbed those episodes, I think with the original cast, or as many of them as were around and showed them on Channel 4, but I don't remember if I actually watched them. I can't remember that if I... I can't remember. I'm mumbling now. Just had a... It's just not a good day, man. Just worried about these email notifications. Don't want to deal with the housing people, uh, particularly when I'm just not feeling well. Uh, on with the show. On with the shout-outs. Happy birthday to my old friend, Tetehi of the Tata Tete Tito Tita game last year which got very few uh, entries i think matt uh, minty matt and uh, the kid uh, had entered uh, the contest uh, Dede, uh, a very old uh, family friend i do still remember him 
being born, I was a few years older. And on, I think it was on the Sunday, he was finally home. We went across the road to our old place at number 41 Mayflower to see them. And he was, he was being bathed in one of those portable plastic baths. And I saw this thing, which I now know was an umbilical cord. And I thought, what the hell is that? And I tried to pull it and someone stopped me, as you would. You know, I was just a kid. I had no idea what this uh, thing was. Uh, happy birthday anyway, Dead There. I'm sure there'll be uh, many more. Uh, shout out to the Joff Show too. Be meaning, uh, meaning even to do it for a while. But, you know, there are so many nutters online that I'm always wary of doing these in case I've got the wrong read of someone. The uh, abuse I can sometimes get online via my work is problematic to the extent I don't even have a contact email on my own website. How bad is that? You know, the website is there to try and, you know, get me more work, but I can't even have a contact email on the website, which tells you how bad it has got sometimes. And, uh, you know, something I don't understand because it's not in me to send them, you know, send those kind of messages and anonymously too, usually like the cowards they are. And this is, you know, that, that is the problem with the online world. You know, I think I was listening to a show last night on the radio and I think it, well, it was uh, Howard Hughes, The Unexplained. And he had a guest on who was saying that, you know, everyone has this darker online side where they will say things they probably wouldn't say in real life. I think there's something in that, but not everyone has, has it in them to just take it way too far. But it, it is something that makes me wary because of past experiences. So anyway, look back to the Joff Show. I've been listening hard swallow there, 1106 hours. I've been listening to the Joff Show since uh, day one. It's an irregular podcast, nine episodes now and over a, a year. But, you know, given my own experiences with podcasting, why would I encourage another fine show with a way too small audience to go weekly? It makes no sense. And, you know, this guy has commitments I don't have. It can't be done. It shouldn't be done. You know, if, if it's a monthly show, it's a monthly show. The thing is, he's doing it better than most people, whatever the format, whatever the pattern of shows released is going to be or going to settle down to. He is better at doing this than many more established shows. Lovely riffs, relatable, very honest about his uh, well-being too, which, uh, you know, I can, I can, you know, connect to and maybe you can too looks like a ufc fighter who could rip your head off hence my wariness championing his show up until now i say championing like i'm a patron of the arts when the reality is his podcast probably has more listeners what i like about the show as i say it's just his 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 honesty his range of vocabulary and just i don't know there's almost a word association thing going on he 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 comes up to a word, he hangs on to that word, and it takes him somewhere else, uh, you know, completely unscripted. That, that's the impression I get. You know, he's almost freestyling his, uh, his way uh, through the show. And here's the thing. I don't credit my few listeners as being discerning and experienced podcast listeners, and that's I've realized I'm wrong on that. It's not that I tarred you all with the same brush, but I don't think I've paid that enough attention. And it's something that I've realized in the last few days because I bang on about being an early generation podcaster. But the fact is many of you have been listening uh, to my work and I assume other podcasts since the Please Don't Hug Me days. And you will know what I'm talking about. 
audio work like mine, there's not much of it about now since podcasting went mainstream. And, and by mine, I don't mean, you know, uh, the same content. I just mean that the, the type of content, the way it's delivered, it's an alternative to radio. So many podcasts now are so polished and sound like radio. I always think there should be a distinction for me. Podcasting, as I keep saying, it was a way to get back into radio. And it did get me back into radio. But there was a distinction. Podcast is not radio. It's not meant to be as polished as radio. So these super produced shows, they're, they're not really for me. And I'm sure that you've heard or remember many shows that you used to listen to in the early days that had a slightly shambolic uh, quality about it. And there's just very little of that work now since podcasting went mainstream, since all these big names came into podcasting. And, you know, the indie scene, as I keep saying, has been squeezed. And you will probably know that the majority of your listening now, like my own, is probably very different to what it was in those early days of podcasting. Now, the Joff Show has the production values of modern day podcasting, which is not surprising because I think the host has a music production background. But the content, he's doing pretty much what he wants. I need to, uh, I think I might need to take a blast of my inhaler, whatever's going on today. Uh, so he's doing pretty much what he wants. And it really takes you back to those wonderful mid noughties to early 20 days of podcasting. I never expected to find a new show like this. You know, it, it's completely unexpected. It's like he's carrying the spirit of the early podcasters. He's just doing his own thing. And it's quite beautiful at times. You never quite know what he's going to say next. He's honest. He's funny. He, as I said, he's open about his well-being and that resonates with me. The show deserves a much bigger audience, which uh, he's certainly not going to get as a result of me plugging his show on this week's uh, episode because I, I just don't have that reach. But here it is. I think this man's show deserves a, a bigger audience. Find him on Twitter at Joff Show. That's uh, J-O-F-F for Freddy Show. Uh, and uh, it's one of those poorly followed Twitter accounts, 29 followers, though the uh, Instagram account of the same name, I think, is uh, bigger. You've got nothing to lose. If you've got an hour going, download an episode. Uh, I think you'll arrive at the opinion that the man is uh, a talent and worth catching up with uh, the rest of his work. I think he's talking possibly about uh, setting up a Twitch TV channel, and, you know, he, he should. This this is, uh, you know, he's doing some good work. If you like your food, is also something of a dab hand in the kitchen. I mean, I like my food, but I rarely go beyond the microwave. Uh, microwave, let me say that properly. But this man will be breaking down the finer points of long grain rice. And uh, I suspect he uses his oven a lot more than me. So that's the Joff show. That's one for you to listen to. Let me give you my nectar points. Ah. Uh, Probably would be a bit higher if uh, I was buying some long grain rice like uh, Mr. Joff, uh, but uh, I'm not. What did I buy on Friday? Had to buy some uh, dental floss. Lost some dental, uh, ran out of dental floss. And uh, I think it was a couple of uh, fair trade loose bananas for 28p. The dental floss came to 150, opening balance of 264. Four, just earned a point new points balance at 265 i think it's now 275 because i had to replace my uh, broken messenger bag on ebay to take with me to stand up uh, gigs just need a smaller bag to carry books water sandwiches and all sorts of stuff pills to calm me down and i got 10 bonus points for that so i think i'm on 375 now and i'm going to try and catch you up 
on a bit of stuff from the last couple of weeks because obviously last week's show was very different, not just because of the hiccups, but because of the way I had to do the show um, because of uh, gigs that I had coming up uh, during the week. A little uh, an observation I made on the 3rd of March, I was in there in the Stockwell branch and they had surprisingly tender bananas. I usually buy my bananas for the long term, but as I've said time and Again, like me, bananas don't travel well. So the bananas I will buy normally uh, in little, I won't eat for two or three days. I don't like the green bananas. And, you know, after three days, that's when those bananas are ready to travel with me. Unless I need to buy an emergency banana on the way to the cafe, uh, I'll end up having uh, one of those greeny ones. And I don't like the way they taste. I don't like the texture. I, I struggle to, you know... I mean, I struggle with bananas at the best of time in terms of peeling them, but with a green banana, I really do uh, struggle. On the glasses front, the eyes again, Dave. On the glasses front, uh, I've cancelled my uh, appointment with Specsavers, partly because I had something else on tomorrow, which I've had to also cancel. But also, I just don't trust these guys to get uh, the glasses right, and it's, uh, you know shocking the deterioration in my in my eyesight now so i'm just going to have to bite the bullet and i think the passport might have to wait i'm going to have to go and uh, pay some big money to go to my old uh, private opticians who are no longer in dulwich i'll have to work out where they are now but uh, no like going there but i just want this done properly and i'm just going to have to pay what i what i need to pay it's my eyes you know and uh, at the moment i'm paying a price for using uh, some high street op Titians. Right, Star Wars football. I did the, uh, I hope at least it stood out last week that I did a live draw for the League Cup on uh, on the Hiccups show. I don't think there's many other shows that will give you that kind of, uh, that kind of feature. And there's been nine games since. So there's been a lot of Star Wars football, a lot of gigging and a lot of Star Wars football. Uh, League Cup, last 16, first leg, second division, Moncala. One Alderaan, one Moncala had taken a surprise lead through Spock and uh, Leia. Who scored, was it? I'm trying to work out. Leia, yes, Leia the substitute. She got uh, an equaliser four minutes later to give Alderaan uh, an away goal. So that was one all. Uh, Death Star, meantime, they travelled to Ord Montel, second division Ord Montel. Death Star still looking for their first win of the season. Last season's Christmas Cup winners ran right at 6 nil, Six goals to nil. A couple of goals for General Madine, who was captain in uh, a much-changed side. So uh, chances are Death Star have found some uh, form. And uh, Rebels in an all-first uh, division clash. Remember, no Premier League in Star Wars football. There was no breakaway in 92. Uh, Rebels won. Empire won. Two sides who really have underwhelming squads at the moment. Lobot and Padma returned, uh, made early returns to Rebels. In fact, they've already been to Rebels uh, twice this season. Now Empire played them in the league where they lost 2-0 on the opening day of uh, the season. Uh, trying to see who scored. For Rebels, Lobot was man of the match. R2-D2 gave, uh, scored for Empire. Uh, I'm trying to see. I can't see. For some reason, I haven't, I haven't uh, noted down the goal scorer. I think it might have been an own goal. That's why I left. Uh, oh, that's it. It was an own goal by uh, Lobot on 26 minutes. Denied Empire a well-deserved uh, win. X-Wing, the FA Cup holders, they beat second division Savarine 2-0 at home. Uh, again, not 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 the best performance. 
uh, on the 11th of March, uh, Holder's Tatooine, going with Tatooine rather than Tatooine. Uh, they travel to Nat Hearth, a much-changed side. They won 4-0. You'll see on the Instagram at 1607 West Egg, another injury to the Action Force figure that I know is Orange, the young, gifted defender. He's uh, I've got no glue. I'm going to have to buy some glue. I'm also going to have to sellotape him once I get the glue on. Glue clearly not enough, and his leg has come off again, and there's uh, real doubts now about his uh, future in the game, certainly at the highest level. Need to get a replacement on eBay, but they're a bit overpriced, those Action Force uh, figures. In arguably the tie of the round, at least on paper, somewhat uh, somewhat disappointing affair. Hoth won, Bezbin won. Uh, Pruneface had given Hoth the lead a uh, minute and a half before halftime, only for Bezbin's equalise. Uh, just 25 seconds later through new R2. So uh, Bear's been in the driving seat there with the away goal. Apex Overlook on Saturday uh, were up against Concord Dawn, the first division. New boys meeting again and Concord Dawn again running out winners by two goals to nil. Apex Overlook have yet to score any goals since... uh, uh, moving into the top division. Hosnian Prime 1, Takadan nil. That was last night, an all-second division clash. Very technical game, considering these two are lower league clubs. It was a penalty by Kylo who uh, that, that gave Hosnian Prime a, a tight lead to take to Takadan. Meantime, uh, in the league, hard swallow, 11-18 hours. Aldran comfortably defeated Empire, three goals to nil, uh, a First half hat-trick by B-Wing, now the leading scorer with seven goals. All in the league, has really established himself in the Aldron side this season. Aldron are now top of uh, the pile. Uh, they've got four uh, four wins from four games. It's never happened before in Star Wars football. They're on uh, 12 points, goal difference plus 10, yet to concede any B-Wing on seven goals. I think it took Aldron something like six or seven games last season just to get... Uh, 12 points, sorry, just to get nine points. Uh, see what they've done in just four games this season. So there's more league football today. I don't have the fixtures to hand. I could run across to give them to you, uh, but uh, it's just going to leave some dead air that I'd have to edit out. So uh, let's uh, crack on. So that was a busy week of Star Wars football anyway. Champions League draw later this week, but uh, four league fixtures uh, to get out the way first. I'll catch you up now in the last couple of weeks in the cafe because I didn't give you much on last week's hiccup uh, special. On the 28th of February, the illustrated man was chatting to a customer at the bar and gave us a rare glimpse of his life as uh, he revealed that uh, his mum is still around. She's 79, so I'd pencil him in for his early 50s, though his always severely cropped hair has no grey on it. Uh, grey in it, rather. So I, I can't be sure. That particular day served me an unusually for him, dark latte, uh, maybe his mind as he talked of uh, his mum, who I'm sure he probably misses. Uh, maybe his mind wasn't on things, hence I got that really crap uh, coffee. A memorable uh, visual last summer when I saw him sat outside a Brazilian bar in SW8 on Lansdowne Way um, in uh, royal blue flannel trousers. I'm not sure those are fashionable in any country, never mind postcode. And I'd had a previous uh, glimpse into his private life uh, 10, no, 11 years ago now, the spring of 2011. I was walking towards um, the cafe. It was a Sunday, it was South Lambert's Road. I heard a, a, a sash window opening uh, to my right. And I did that thing that we all do when we don't need to do it because we know what uh, someone opening a window sounds like. And I looked up and I saw him. He was uh, topless. 
His eyes froze as he saw me, and behind him I could see uh, a half-naked woman on his bed and also the classic immigrant visual of suitcases on top of a wardrobe. And it was really frosty between us for for a while. I tried to get around that by ordering a meal one day, which uh, completely threw him, obviously, because even back then I wasn't uh, someone who would order, you know, make flamboyant orders in the in the cafe, but that did set us back. A while, the same day, the 28th of February, that uh, the illustrated man was giving us a glimpse into his uh, private life. Captain Birdseye, the uh, blind, loud uh, diner who's uh, recently been visiting the cafe, he was he was away, thankfully, but his two annoying female compadres were in and they were busy debating at a very high audio level whether they'd just had skate or swordfish. Meantime, spectacular throat clearing from Daffy Duck that day. And I, th- I think her throat clearing is going to make me wretch at some point. There was a, a throat clearing from her at 15, 11 hours and a double throat clearance at 15, 15, all flopped into a napkin as if that isn't enough. She then went into the loo and, and, and wrecked it, uh, wrecked uh, some of the uh, afternoon meals in the cafe. I think she needs to be banned. Uh, I think, I mean, the the, the the throat clearing is just it's just too far. I don't know how the cafe are going to deal with that. How, how do you tell someone they've got a, an awful habit that is, you know, not suited to uh, a cafe setting? Uh, Wednesday, 2nd of March, 10.36 hours. Not Mick. Wasn't Saturday's table. He was occupying a four-seater with Morocco by the far side of the cafe. He was having a bit of a go at Morocco, who would a few days later ask if I could help with his phone, which wasn't working properly. I don't think it's working properly uh, still. Anyway, not Mick. Art Swallow, 11.22. Not Mick said to Morocco, you'll just agree with me to keep the peace. Morocco took this in his stride shortly before leaving at 10.51 hours, though somewhat disappointed with not Mick. Morocco told him, there has to be a certain time of the day you need to let go. You'll need to go home and let go. Still not seen Seb K and Phil Collins was also away last week. Seb K's been gone for a couple of weeks, hoping he's just on holiday. You know, hoping he hasn't left the cafe, London's greatest coffee maker. Some lukewarm coffees, meantime, from the late owner's son uh, in Seb K's stead. It's been a bit like being in Stockholm Continental further up, uh, further south on uh, South Lambeth Road. Future me, who I'd run into last week, he, he told me that he has pulled up... Uh, the Continental guys on their lukewarm coffees. Apparently, it's the girl that makes them like that. He says that the owner actually makes a good uh, hot coffee. I'm wondering whether it's a deliberate on the late owner's son's part to cut down on nursing times. You know, maybe his dad, the late in life George Best lookalike, has told him about 2011 when he set another one. The waiter with the upper left stunted canine tooth on me, along with a uh, small face who looked like uh, Telly Savalas's brother in Kojak. He put them both on me. Uh, they both arrived in the spring of uh, 2011 and he set them on. Anyone that was nursing lattes in the cafe, he put this pair of attack dogs on them uh, to cut down on latte nursing times. And it worked with me to an extent. They got me down from an hour to around 45 minutes. Maybe um, the late owner's uh, husband has handed his son a dossier you know, on taking, taking on the cafe and I was in that dossier. You know, the cafe nurser, the latte nurser, rather. Neck tattoo. Meanwhile, the new waiter is quite chatty. He's the new swarthy waiter. Looks like a very skinny version of Portuguese footballer Luis Figo. He's got one of those ancient world faces. The ink on his neck, I think it's a scorpion. Jet black hair, bleary eyes. I think he's finding the long hours really tough. 
Poor tall glass handling on his part. Palm of his hand slides to the top of the glass. Double-handed delivery, always a sign that someone uh, is new to wait in. Used to be a bus driver. I think I, I gave you this info on episode 375. Apologies if I had. Uh, I gave him a thumbs up gesture at some point last week. Can't remember when, when I um, uh, tried to get his attention so I could get a, a, another latte over. Actually, that was on the 5th of March. And he, he he reminds me of the kind of character who would uh, a corrupt cop, let's say, in an episode of NYPD Blue. Bit of a lovable rogue. I think he's that kind of guy. I don't expect him to hang around for long. He's a bit of a character. He's going to be chatty. He's going to be over familiar. He's not going to be around for long. I can't see him. I uh, can't see him lasting. I remember there was an episode of NYPD Blue during the Jimmy Smiths years where this. Uh, cop who was on the take was sent to the 15th precinct he was only in it for one or two episodes he was so dodgy and uh jimmy smith's character bobby simone was very unhappy with some of the situations the guy was putting him in and i think in the end he got actually he got shot dead in the precinct itself as the net closed in on him i think he had plans to uh, escape to this island with some of his uh, dodgy money overall for me i've been on a poor run in terms of not getting not mixed table the last couple of weeks uh, hoping to address that, but it's not going to be today. Today is just going to be about trying to rest once I get back from the shop, trying to rest and trying to, you know, just get uh, better because I just feel rotten right now. And that is it. That is the end of this week's uh, show. Now it's time for you to get those shoulders back. Keep on walking towards the sun. I'm Daniel Ruiz Tyson, and this start of the week, I have been available. <laughs>